Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Line is muted. Only the host can unmute your line. Raise your hand using star 2 so the host knows when you want to speak. Hello, Brother Larry. Hi, how are you? And uh, let's see, who is area code 309? <laughs> Not sure. Let's see. Um, anyway, welcome aboard, everyone. Uh, Ed should be joining us very shortly. Uh, we are broadcasting live on TalkShoe as well as Facebook Live and as well as YouTube Live. So we got the full force tonight. So. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's see. Toronto, I want to welcome you. 540, I'm going to... Yeah, is that you, Ed? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, something comes with my phone, my cell phone. I can't, I can't seem to dial in on my cell phone. Um, I'm going to try to sign up for, for Skype so I can use a external microphone on my computer. But um, I don't know what the deal is. For some reason, I can't dial in to talk to you on my cell phone, which I always used to be able to do. Okay. Well, yeah, that's um, – you, uh, you would think that, you know, dialing straight in that way. I don't know about Skype. Like I said, I, I – some people are able to and some are. It's just strange. It depends on the geographical location, I guess. It ha it's satellite-driven. You know, we have all those satellites up in outer space. So, <laughs> oh, I hear that's all, I hear that's all just land-based powers. There's nothing to all of that stuff about satellites up there. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, well, listen, uh, we're glad to have you aboard. We are recording. We're on uh, YouTube as well as Facebook and talk to you tonight. We have a number of guests on all formats, so that's good. Uh, tonight, um, it's really interesting, the subject that Ed brought up, and I was really glad to get it because I think it's very timely. I think we're living in times where it says in Matthew 24, many will be offended. Okay. It's so easy for us to get our uh, get all out of joint over the most, you know, insignificant thing sometimes as brothers and sisters in Christ. The other thing is, is that our relationship to Christ, and that's really what uh, came through for Ed when he was uh, listening to um, Scurvy and that 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 verse that he said, you know, tell my brethren, okay. Um, why don't you go through that a little bit and kind of bring us up to speed on uh, kind of what you, how you, where you want to go with this particular subject about the implications of being a brother in Christ. But go ahead, uh, Brother Ed. Okay. 
Yeah, I was listening to uh, Alexander Scorby, um, and and the passage just hit me. And as many times as I've read it and heard it, uh, it for some reason it just uh, it it resounded with me when I when I heard the phrase. And this is in John uh, chapter 20, verse 17, uh, and. Uh, Jesus uh, was talking to Mary. He says, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. So he said, Go to my brethren. So I'm thinking about that in all of the passages that talked about us being adopted sons of Christ came flooding in to my mind, and and I'm realizing, hey, this is a theme. You know, this is this is really the whole point of our salvation. Okay, so for instance, if you look at Romans uh, chapter eight, verse twenty-nine. Okay, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we. We are a brother with Christ. He's the firstborn of many brethren. And that's the whole point of the gospel. So, for example, um, in, uh, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, it says, For ye are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So we become children of God, okay, by faith in Christ Jesus, okay? So in, in Romans 4, 3, it says, For uh, what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So as with Abraham, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ, and we are imputed with his righteousness. When we are imputed with his righteousness, then we take on the character of Christ, okay? So there's a legal transaction going on here. He takes our sin on the cross. We take on his righteousness. When we become his brethren, we become adopted sons of God. So in uh, Galatians 3.16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Okay, he saith not and to seeds as of many, but of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So we, Christ is the seed of Abraham, okay? And we are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And in Galatians uh, 3.26 to 29, he makes the point, For ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. So we become Abraham's seed by faith in Jesus Christ. Christ is the seed. We become heirs of the promises. Okay? We become heirs according to the promise, and we become heirs with Christ, and we will reign with him, and it says that we will see him uh, as he is because we will be like him. All right? Um, so we are sons of God in Galatians 4, 7. So ye are sons. God has sent forth the Spirit to his Son unto your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So we inherit eternal life 
It's the eternal life because we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Um, and well, that's it's, really good. I, I, when you were talking about that, I couldn't help. My mind went to First uh, Peter uh, one four. You know, when you talk about this sonship, you can't have a sonship without an inheritance. You know, and there's a lot. Oh, yeah, of yeah, and, and just before that, in one three, um, he says that he has begotten us again, begotten us again unto a lively hope. So we are begotten. Yeah. We are begotten spiritually uh, by the faith in Jesus Christ, which he supplies to us, okay? Yeah. And in John 3, 1 and 2, we see that we, were, we are the sons of God, okay? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, okay? Yeah. Um, so we're the first. He, um, and, and it says here, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. Now, this is really interesting, and maybe you can help me out here. So it refers in Revelations 1, 5, and 6 that Christ is the first begotten, and then in John 3, 6, it refers to him as the only begotten. Well, is he the first begotten, or is he the only begotten, or is he both? And I I think you're going right down the right trail by the fact that we are begotten of him, he is both. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he is the only begotten Son of God. And yeah, back back to the he end. He is also the first begotten of God, but we are also begotten of God. Yeah, and also we see that same thing as it relates to this inheritance. Back to I didn't. I want to read that to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. The fate is not away, reserved in heaven for you. And so we can't separate out our sonship, like you were saying. In other words, if we're one with Christ, um, and he's the first begotten from the dead, we are in, that's part of being, that's part of the imputed righteousness that we've inherited. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, you, you can go through, and um, it's a, and I, as I go through these passages, um, I, I realize this is a very theme. I mean, in John chapter 17, verse 13, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Now, this is really important. In John 17, thir- uh, verse 13, it says that we are made perfect in one. In one with whom? With Christ. Right. What is it to be perfect? To be perfect means to be not lacking in anything. Okay, there is no blemish. It's we are we are going to be perfect. Only God is perfect. I mean, it just it it blows your mind to think about that. Okay, that's the vernacular of today. But in in the scripture, it says that mind has not seen. Uh, or, or, or conceived of, of what is awaits us. I mean, think about that. To be made perfect with Christ, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really it, hard to keep on to. John chapter 14, yeah. he says, I and my Father, and ye and me, and I and you. Okay? He makes it clear that we are in Christ. We are one with him. Yeah, it, it's, you know, that whole thing about, I, I love that 17th chapter of John. It's just full of, of little tidbits, you know. Even on the aspect of, 
of uh, verse 17 there. Uh, this is even as it relates to right now. He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Well, that's that's setting us apart from the world. And, yep. you know, he, he doesn't separate himself. Like you said, he doesn't separate himself from us. And that's just, you know, I know Christopher Durneran has often said, brought up the scripture, I'd have to look it up, where it says, that he is going to sh- he is going to share his glory with us. I- I'm not sure where that's found. Maybe you know where that is. But can you imagine Christ? Because in the end, while we're down here, he says, "I will not share my glory with another." But once we're oh, with him, I'll show you where the passage is. I mean, it's in uh, Romans uh, chapter eight, verses fourteen to nineteen. He says, "We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ." And if so be that we suffer with him, we may be also glorified together. Wow. So yes, we will share in his glory. That's amazing. That is amazing. You know, that, uh, it, it's hard for us to fathom, you know, when you look at the infinite wisdom and perfection of God. And when you talk about perfection, I mean, perfection is, something that has no is not tainted and it cannot be of any higher quality. That's that's the way I see it. And we're gonna Yeah, I mean to... well if, if if you look at Hebrews chapter two, he says, um, he brings many sons unto glory. Okay, there you go. Glorification. We are going to be glorified. He that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. So stop and think about it. That means that the sanctified God Okay, we are going to be one with him. So he, he, uh, he who sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, which means we are going to be perfect. And it says, <laughs> it says that he is yeah. not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And behold, I and the children which God hath given me. Okay? So, it, and it says here that wherein all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. So, he came down to earth to be made like us to then in turn make us like him. Wow. Kevin, do you, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, that's beautiful what he just said. I'm thinking of uh, John 17 when Jesus said that the the glory which I had with you, Father, from the beginning, I have given to them. And yeah. that again is more than we can comprehend. Yeah. And that we would be, that. yeah, that we would be one with Him as He is one with the Father. Yeah, it's in, it's incredible. Yeah. Now, now that you is. said we're going we're going to be perfect. We we are perfect now, of course, by faith, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. There you go. Yeah, right. we've right. been actually. In fact, we will be perfect mm-hmm. um, uh, at some point after we die. Now, as far as the timetable of that goes, I that's beyond my ability to understand. Right. No. Yeah. The other the other question I have is when he talks about their uh in the the uh 
fourth verse of chapter 17. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest to me. And then he says, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world. And then he talks about his manifesting his name under the men which thou gavest me out of the world. And then what's interesting is it says, thine they were. And so that that shows that we were we had we were in Christ before the foundation of the world, and that that backs up what it says in Ephesians one. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. John six well, thirty seven. Really where where is that? Now what's, I want to read that again. I want to read that also. Where is that passage? Uh, that's in verse six of seventeen. It reminds me of John six thirty seven where it says, All that the Father hath given me will come to me, you know. And here he wow. says, I've I've manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. Wow. And they have kept wow. That now what is that? Hmm. Now let me ask you this. Does that mean that we existed in time past before we actually existed? Well, there's a lot of of people that believe that we had a vital union, they used the term vital union, with Christ uh, in eternity past. In other words, if he knew us, and that goes back to foreknowledge, what does it mean when Adam knew his wife, okay? Uh, Well, if if God foreknew us, uh, that knowledge was an intimate knowledge. It wasn't just looking down through the portals of time and seeing we were going to let Jesus hit our heart. It was right, right, his, right. His, his knowing us was also an act or a decision within the covenant that we were his children, you know. And another right. thing I find real interesting, you brought it up, and I hadn't seen this until just real recently, the implications of it. But in Ephesians 1, where it talks about being predestinated unto adoption, well, anytime I look at the, the term predestination, that means to, to predetermine what happens before it happens, right? right. That's what predestination is. So mm-hmm. it was predetermined that we would be uh, adopted. It was predetermined that we would be adopted before we were even born. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe in Jeremiah thirty-one three when it says we were loved everlastingly. I believe that's as far back as you can go to eternity past and eternity future. I think we, will, so we were always everlasting. Yeah. Does that mean something different than eternal, or or is it the same thing? Uh, I uh, I would say it's eternal past and future. Okay. Yeah, so we he, he, he all forward and everlasting yeah. is forward and back and and future. I think so. I, that's my understanding of it. That he always loved us and that he always will love us. Yes. Yeah, I, that's true. I think everlasting love is, in other words, God is never placed in a timeline. He's always mm-hmm. been. That's why he says, I'm the Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. So he's from everlasting to everlasting. Well, if his love is everlasting, 
I think that Kevin's right on this. Everlasting past as well as everlasting present and everlasting future. Uh, But I'm just looking at this uh, passage, Ed, in Ephesians 1, 5. It says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, uh, having predestinated us under the adoption of children. That, that just, of course, having work in foster care and adoption, I guess that means a lot more to me because I saw so many people go back on their promises to adopt children. And by him predestinating us unto adoption, he can never reverse it because it's already predetermined. Okay, it's just like yeah. someone saying, you know, well, God, God, you can backslide or God will divorce you or all this. You know, that's not eternal life. And that's why there's a lot of discussion that needs to take take place about everlasting past rather than just everlasting future. Right. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's see. Uh, Mark Kennedy, do you want to uh, weigh in on this? Oh. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yes, it's... Go ahead, Go ahead Mark. Oh, okay. Well, I've looked at the scriptures on it, and what I see it as we were ordained in this, you know, way before time and the world began. So it was always, it was eternally in God's mind. We were eternally loved in Christ. That's my understanding of it. Yeah, and Rick Buterick is on um, on YouTube, and he said, he's, he's uh, saying, hallelujah, amen. Wow, you know, he this is having a big impact on him. And he loves John 11, 21, 22, and 23. And then, of course, our guests Facebook are really enjoying this conversation, too. I, I don't think a lot of people have been given this truth of of their, their kinship to the eternal Son of God. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Well, the reason the reason is is because the Arminian gospel removes that. Because remember, yeah. they have to they have to continually of their own free will continu- continually be within repentance, see, and of their will make sure that they maintain themselves by their works in God's grace, see. And so yes. the idea of predestination they have to wipe from the scripture. And if you look at um, Ephesians chapter one verse five, the one you just mentioned, the second clause of it says according to the good pleasure of his will. So we are wow. predestined to adoption, okay, as children, according to the good pleasure of his will. See, that's the key point. It's completely right. of the grace of God. Sure. Wonderful. Yeah, and Isaiah even talks about that, that he works all things after the counsel of his own will. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's that is kind of the rub because the Armenians they want to have a hand in it. They want to they want to think that they they they've done something in the salvation component, 
and they've done absolutely nothing. Uh, that's what unconditional election is. How can something be a free gift if we have to do something to get the gift? That's not free. Okay. That's right. That's right. 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 Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and even John chapter 1, uh, verses 12 and 13, remember, he gave us power to become what? Sons of God. So here yeah. we are, brethren of Jesus Christ. And how is that given? Um, not of blood. He tells us what it's not of. So right there in verse 13, he says, listen, it, it, which, which, by the way, just completely undermines the Arminian gospel. So it says, yeah. not of blood. So there goes the Zionist idea. Uh, not yeah. of the will of the flesh. There goes the Arminian idea. Nor of the will of men. Again, another strike against Arminium, uh, Arminianism. But of God. Okay, so it's completely yeah. by the sovereignty of God. That's right. There's a verse like that in Romans 9, too, where it says it is not of him that willeth or strives, but of God that shows mercy. Yeah. 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 Not willeth nor him that runneth the God. You know, I always like yeah. to take the I always like to take the Arminians to James because that's their favorite book. And yeah. I always take them to chapter one, uh, verse seventeen and eighteen. It says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. <laughs> it cometh down from the Father of lights. And then it says in verse eighteen, of his own will beget he us with the word of truth. Yeah, had, nothing to, had nothing to do with man's will. It had of his own will. And so when they start talking about James, I'll take to those two, two verses. Yeah. And, and which, which verse is that where it says of his will? Uh, 18, verse 18. 18, and here he is. Yeah, of his own will beget he us with the word of truth. Yeah? Back, yeah. Bam, yeah. bam, it just, Boy, that knocks them right out. It really does. And it puts them right in Galatians 1, verses 6 to 9, about having another gospel. They're cursed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible truth that's been revealed to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have a friend down in uh, Harrison, Arkansas, and we were talking mm. one day about this subject, about this wonderful gift, and he asked me, well, of all the scriptures in, in the Bible, which one do you like? And I said, well, that's really hard. But I said, Second uh, Timothy 1.9 would be right up there in the top ten. <laughs> okay, I'll read that. And Second Timothy 1.9, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own grace, purpose, and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus to be or the world began. Okay. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's wonderful. Yeah, he, he saved us before he effectually called us. Yes. <laughs> and and that save there is going back to election and the grace that was given yeah. in Christ. Yeah. And so really, you know, I've had people ask me the question, Kevin, Ed, Mark, by this on here, I've had people ask me the or they've actually said, uh, "You're wrong. You're 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 uh, advocating eternal justification." And I said, "Yeah, I am, because we're told also that Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Yes, He manifested Himself in time, 
But that covenant has been everlasting covenant between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And so yeah. uh, that this scripture uh, lays some real strong credence to eternal justification. In my in in God's mind, and in, in God, like Ed says, legally, yes, Christ was manifested in time. Yes, Christ was incarnated and all that. But in the mind of God, his elect is all, have always been and will always be uh, recipients of his grace. Yeah, amen. That's right. And, you know, this, this idea that we're going to be made perfect uh, completely impeaches this idea of those people who are going to get more crowns and other fewer crowns when they get to heaven. If you're perfect in Christ then you have all glory, all perfection. You can't have any more than, than everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah that's you're good. Complete, that's good. complete in your salvation. There can be no mm-hmm. room for, oh, some people get more crowns than others, and, and you have to earn, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, you're going to be saved, but as through fire, okay, that's a, that's a famous one they like to go to, and then say, oh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be walking around, and, and you'll be in heaven, but you'll, it'll be a shameful experience for you. Uh, you'll be hanging your head, you know, wishing sure. you had done right. more. Uh, when the yeah. scripture says nothing of the sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, because and, we're. Yeah, go ahead, Blair. Hey, Kevin. Go ahead. Yeah, it's because we're on the throne or in the throne with him, and we are his body, and he is our head. So yep. and we are one with him. So yeah, everything he inherits, we inherit or joint heirs with him. Yeah, yep. it's, it's incredible. And if you have everything, yeah. then then what would be getting a crown or somebody getting less than you and still being in heaven? It wouldn't make sense. And I think that the parable, where uh, the several parables where Jesus said the first shall be last and the last shall be first, suggests to mm-hmm. me that. The only way the first can be last and the last can be first is that they all finish at the same time, which tells me everybody gets the same. And so the idea that the, the person complained about, uh, you know, getting less, uh, and he said, uh, I promised you a penny. Here's your penny. And he said, I want the, you know, uh, the heat of the day and so on. This person came and he said he or she will be first and last. And so the, the idea is that that everybody gets complete perfection in Christ, there's not much more you can get, you, there's no more that you can get than that, so there's no room for meritorious uh, rewards uh, in mm-hmm. heaven. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, because uh, in Revelation, the 22nd chapter, uh, he, um, this is Christ actually speaking, and he says, uh, he's showing the distinction between the reprobate and those who are called. And he says in verse 11, he says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. What is what is his reward? His reward is Christ. Christ is our reward. And he, he is our. He is, and he says, "I am the Alpha and Omega, 
the mm-hmm. beginning again, and then also he, I like this because in the twenty-first chapter of Revelation it says here that you know talking about when he's going to wipe away all tears and everything, and then in the fifth verse he says, and he that sat upon the throne be, said, behold, I make all things new, and he mm-hmm. said to me, right, these words are true and faithful, and he said. Now, it's really interesting because I, I, <laughs> having lived in a world that's cursed all of our lives, how can we even think about what it's going to be living one minute without any sin and perfection? That's just, yeah, it's yeah. just hard for me to even, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he says, he says, you know, that. He shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow. I cannot, I can't even imagine how living in a place for eternity with a place where there's no sorrow, no crying, no pain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what perfection is. That is, the, that is what Ed was talking about. Perfection is absence of any... Anything that's tainted by you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So since we've established that the saints will all be equal in heaven, how does a yeah. verse like give this man five cities or give this man ten cities, how does that play out? I don't know. <laughs> that's a really good question. Well, I, I don't I, I'm, I'm, think, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking there is temporal rewards for those who serve the Lord. But in the final end of it all all equal in in glory that's, know, that's a really good question what how do you yeah, how do you yeah. um how do you reconcile those two is is it is it one of those things that seem to be irreconcilable but in fact on, on per, further examination like this idea of firstborn and and and, and only begotten first begotten and only begotten if, if that's is, is that mm-hmm. is that a distinction that is really the the, the when you look at the scripture in the, in the whole is not really a contradiction. So is that mm-hmm. what we're dealing with here? Is it is it really something that's not really a contradiction at all? Um, we'd have to examine. It. We have to do a study on that. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. What came to mind when when Brother Kevin brought that up also is when the mothers came to Jesus and asked that their son would one would be set on the right hand and one would be set on the left hand, and Christ said, mm-hmm. that is not mine to give. And then he went on to go into the thing about, you know, the servant is greater than the master. In other words, the one that is least will... And he, there's also that idea about the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And I don't... I don't understand all of that. I really don't. But well, you know, the, the Jews, the Jews were to be the first, you know, yeah. and 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 the Gentiles were the last. First, yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But and that which is highly well, I think that takes us right to uh, John three sixteen, uh, where it mm-hmm. states that God so loved the world. Okay, the world means both Gentile and Jew. That's what, right. that's what he was, because he was talking to a Jewish leader when he made that comment. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, while he, it, the, it makes it clear that the, it, the gospel was to be brought to the Jews first, it doesn't right. mean that because in a temporal sense it was to be brought to them first that they have any, 
any primacy because it wasn't the idea that he knocked down the dividing line between Jew and Gentile. Right, right. Yeah, he did. So I don't think there is yeah. any special, other than that, I don't believe there's any mm. further special uh, program for the Jews. Oh, no, I don't I think that, there's, that, that yeah. the distinction has been erased. Yes, Absolutely. that's right. Yeah. The Paul makes that clear. We're neither bond nor servant. We're neither Jew nor Gentile. We're neither male or female. He makes that yeah. very clear. So in the 11th chapter, back to this foreknowledge thing, in the 11th chapter of Romans, I thought this was really interesting. He says, "Hath God cast away his people, uh, which he foreknew. Okay, in other words, those he knew who they were born, has he cast away his people, which he foreknew. What and then he says, yeah, he says, but what saith the answer? God, I have reserved myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. And notice in verse five, even so, then at this present time, he doesn't say there's a remnant uh, according to the lineage of the physical Jew. He says there's a remnant. There's a remnant according to the election of grace. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It has yep. nothing. Has nothing to do with the physical Jew, and I. This seventh verse is what John Hickey uses to build his whole dispensational theology on. He says, "What then Israel hath not obtained for that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it; the rest were blinded." Well, if anyone's blind, it's John Hickey because uh, John Hickey takes election to mean only. The Jew, the physical Jew, who Christ did not die for. Okay, and here in the in the in the prior verse, in verse seven, it denounces Hagee's theology because it says it doesn't have anything to do with physical physicality. It has to do with grace. Okay, yep. only grace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. I like this. Uh, for 33rd verse, I think, answers our question regarding rewards. In fact, the 33rd verse of chapter 11 answers a lot of questions. It could be a catch-all, okay? All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? For who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to be glory forever in. And so that to me, uh, when I get when I get a little bit discouraged because I can't understand something, and I I do a lot of research, and I still this afternoon I was watching a a video. It was just mind boggling, uh, and it's talking about uh, the. Uh, uh, the, you know, the southern portions of the earth and how they can't, for some reason, the GPS, you've probably seen this, Ed, the GPS systems won't work in that part of the world, or they're not traceable anyway. And this guy was going through all this and, you know, and was talking about this and how that he thought that the Department of Defense, who actually created the GPS system, we're actually trying to hide things from us. And so when I start repeating all this, I, I say, wow, you know, uh, we have to always remember, regardless of what go- is going on, 
God has orchestrated it all. Yeah, is, there not, is there not evil mm-hmm. in the city and God has not done it? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yes, just, I, I read the other day that we shouldn't murmur against second causes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, that was a good way to put it. Recognizing yeah. always that, that God is the primary cause. Like Job, I mean, he knew who it was that burned his barns and killed his family. But he didn't say, oh, those Sabians, you know, wait till I get back at them. He just said, the Lord gave to me and the Lord took away from me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow, what's such yeah. a good That's such a yeah, good point. It makes it things is. a lot easier to take when they come piling it's on sure, you, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's also good when we realize that God is the one that says he's going to send a strong delusion that they should believe a lie, you know? Mm-hmm, and then Second mm-hmm. Thessalonians chapter 2 after him saying that, you know, that they all might be damned to believe not the truth and so on, in contradistinction to that, he comes back and shows the distinction for the elect. In verse 13, he says, but, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So in other words, what that tells me is that before we were even born, it was absolutely certain that we would not uh, believe this strong delusion that God has sent the reprobate. That's what yeah, it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Yeah. I think 1 Peter 1 talks about that, the, the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ and the belief of the truth. And that, yeah. that's what we were... We were predestined to that. But, Ed, I want to get back to this thing about your this inheritance and this uh, aspect of, of Christ calling us brethren. In that 14th verse, he says in, in Thessalonians, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he talks about brethren. Therefore, brethren, you know, and so yeah. there is there is this aspect of, of obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all associated with election and also the gospel. You know, it's it's and, and this as it concludes this, he says uh, in verse sixteen. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and given us everlasting consolation. I believe that's, you know, everlasting is everlasting. Everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Okay, but I'm so glad you brought up this aspect of brethren because I I never saw that scripture quite like that until you pointed it out. When he he told Mary, go and tell the the brethren. (laughs) Okay. Bye. And, you know, if you look at um, Philippians chapter 3, and you look down at uh, verse 12, it talks about the resurrection of the dead, and it says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, okay? So he understands that he's going to be perfect, but he's not yet. Uh, Right. And 
And I think Kevin made a really good point uh, about six months ago, which I had never forgotten. And that is so interesting. If you look at um, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5, it says, uh, in referring to, I believe it's uh, Psalms, okay? And I, I may have it. But it, it talks about, um, today have I begotten thee. And then, so what is that day? When, when uh, was Christ begotten? And in Acts chapter 13, verses 33 and 34, it says, um, and referring to, again, the book of Psalms. Oh, it does refer. It says second Psalm. It's, it actually refers. Isn't that interesting? Wow. People talk about, okay, the chapter and uh, uh, divisions and verse divisions in King James were yeah. in some way um, created on such and such a day. Well, guess what? If you look at I just noticed this. In Acts chapter 13, it refers to the second Psalm. I think it's uh, 2-1 as the second Psalm. <laughs> that's right. The second psalm. It yeah, was already true. numbered as the second psalm. Isn't that interesting? I just thought, I just yeah, thought about that. Anyway, it says, Thou art my son, this have I begotten thee, and as concerning that he raised him from the dead. So he begot him when he was r- risen from the dead. Wow. Yeah. And, be, and, and prior to Kevin pointing that out to me, I always thought it was that he begot Christ when Christ was virgin-born of Mary. But that's not the case at all. It's when he rose from the dead. If I read this correctly, I mean, and I think Kevin makes a good point. I, I'm, I think that's it. And so we're begotten, okay, um, and will be fully manifested as his brethren, even though we are his brethren legally now, when we are resurrected as well. well that's good. Yeah, that's good. I've always liked Hebrews 10:14, where it says, "For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified." Yeah, and I love it that. Men- it, it mentioned wow, that yeah, we are yeah. complete. We are complete in Christ, and so, and our life is hid in God and in Christ. It's just, it's, yeah. it's amazing, and we really need to focus on who God has made us to be in Christ, even while we're here on this earth. Because the yeah. scripture says that the scripture reads, "As he is in heaven, so are we on the earth." That's incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that that's a good point because if we are begotten by virtue of of his our faith in him, that means that mm-hmm. actually, and he refers to us as his brethren in present tense. That means we are already by faith begotten. We are already sons yes. of God, and so Amen. if it's just that yeah. we are, we're not sanctified yet, okay? We won't be right, until, right, right, until right. we're resurrected. But we, we basically have imputed to us the status of begotten sons of God, right? Yes, yes. And you know when it says, let that mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but being fashioned as a man, he was in the form of God. And that's how we are. We are fashioned as a man, but because of being made partakers of the divine nature and to what we are going to be in the future, we, we are in the form of God as well. But, Whoa, um, wait, that, that is amazing. Where, where, now, what passage is that? Let's look at that. that is, well, well where, it, it, the, wherever it says, uh, let that mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Hold on, let me find that. Yeah, wherever that well, is. Yeah. While you're looking 
that. Well, you're looking for that. Uh, I think that's uh, Philippians uh, chapter two, verse five. Oh, okay. That, right. Let's look at that. Philippians two five. Yeah. Okay. Let this man be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Wherefore, God hath faithfully exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Yeah. So you're saying there's a parallel in our status as well. So we yes, are yes. in fashion as a man, right? Yes, um, yes, yes. But because we have the faith of Abraham, uh, mm-hmm. we're in the form of a servant as in this flesh. Yes. But by having the faith of Christ, then we are, um, we don't, Actually, we can only look forward to what we will be, and that is... That's right, that's right, exactly. the God. Yeah. By the yes. way, that's kind yeah. of an interesting way of putting it. Being in the form of God thought it not mm-hmm. robbery to be equal with God. Why would, he, why, why would he say it that way? Thought it not robbery to be equal with God? Because it, it, because it would be robbery otherwise? If you're not? No, no, because he's already God. His right. deity so why is, use that word is, robbery? Is, is, <laughs> I, yeah, I that could have been translated differently, maybe, but <laughs> I don't well, I know. I think they got it right. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Why God, I, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that you know, when we talk about the Godhead. Uh, in my in my study, of the Godhead, you can never find. There's always unity in the Godhead. There is never disunity. And so I think right. that's what it's attempting to. In other words, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are always in unit, perfect unity with each other. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no quitting like like husbands and wives or or brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles. There's no quibbling with the Trinity. Also, one of the things I struggle with, and maybe you guys can help me on this, uh, in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, because having having come out of this John Wesley entire sanctification doctrine, I've had to struggle against a lot of, of lies about people saying that they no longer sin and all kind of stuff. But anyway, verse 20, he says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Now, I can tell you what the Arminians, how they interpret that that verse. Uh, They actually believe that, that you can come to a point in your life where you no longer sin. And I don't, I just don't read that at all throughout Scripture. I think you have to compare Scripture. Paul himself said that he was the chiefest of sinners, and he was in a he was in a battle with, uh, between the flesh and the spirit. He said the flesh right. warreth against the spirit. 
I think what this is meaning here is that uh, God will absolutely uh, work in us that which is well-pleasing inside if we're his elect. Mm-hmm. And that, that includes everything that goes on in our life. In other words, I, I don't believe that we can I don't believe that God has three wills. I believe he has one will. And that will is, why would he pray to the Father and say, not my will, but thy will be done? Again, that, that shows a total unity between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, I'd be interested in your comment, uh, uh, Mark's comments, and Kevin and, and Ed's comments on that, uh, on that verse there on 2021 20, of Hebrews 13. Let me pull that up. Just generally speaking about sanctification, uh, without actually looking at the verse, but going along with what you're saying, uh, yeah. I, I think that sanctification in this world uh, is impossible. I'll give you an example from my own life. Um, you know, the uh, just the other day I was thinking to myself, you know, uh, I was a little bit annoyed, okay, but I thought I was being very subtle and not letting it be known. Uh, but... <laughs> My wife, okay, she picks up on the littlest thing, but she could tell that I was, and then I realized, you know, I'm not really being very kind. I thought I was being ever so subtle and not letting her know that I was being a little annoyed, but I was, and I was being ever so subtle, a little bit short, and it's like I'm thinking I'm getting away with it, right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hey, I'm doing pretty good here. Not, but no, no, she's picking up on it right away. So, yeah, it's this in this flesh dwells no good thing. We try to get away with it. We try to get away with our sin by being subtle, like the devil, okay? But in this flesh dwells no good thing. And, and, and I just started thinking about it. I go, wow, I really am a sinner. This is, this is not good, you know? Um, so that's, I mean, it, there's just no way to get away. Your, your, your flesh will draw you to sin. The only way that you can avoid that is by obedience to Christ, by doing things you don't want to do. Maybe sure, exactly. It's you to do mm-hmm. one thing, and you have to be obedient to Christ, obey his command to treat others the way you want to be treated, and basically that's what he asks, and that's hard to do. Um, and, but you have to keep thinking on it and keep working at it, and um, and that's that's the command he's given. Not a suggestion. It's not a. It's, it's a command. He's commanded right. us to do so. So and yeah. and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I fail uh, repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. I think that word perfect there in verse twenty one is uh, maturity. Maturity um, that we will be mature. I've heard it said that we're partially sanctified in this life. You know. And in First yeah. John, First John says, if we say we have no sin, we call God a liar. And of course, then you have to balance that with the idea that our sins have been washed away and removed, never to be remembered again. But again, that's in a judicial uh, sense. But in a practical sense, in our living out our Christian life, we can't deny that we sin. We drink iniquity like water, you know. And, and 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 Ed has a beautiful wife who can see that in him. Thank God for a woman like that. Yeah, you can't slide with her. That's no, a no. Real, 
real blessing. I, I real blessing. You, when I, sometimes if I'm if I'm do, if I'm working at work, and uh, yeah. she, I'll be talking to her on the phone, and I'll be doing something while I'm talking to her. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, if there's a millisecond delay in my response to what she says, she already knows I'm preoccupied. It's, yeah, it's sure. like I get tested sure. every. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, once you live with a person, as long as you, you know, we our anniversary was the 23rd of this month, 44 years, and well, the only difference, and I'm not, I don't like it, Ed. The only difference in myself and you is, uh, unfortunately, my flesh doesn't come out very subtle. <laughs> so I, I can't hide. I can't hide at all. I mean, once once it comes out, it's out. You know. But uh, hey, we've all I been. I mean, we've all been there. I mean, that's not. You know. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, yeah. this flesh dwells no good thing. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like that passage that you cited in First John. Uh, one of you, First uh, John three. Uh, that really. It really grabbed me when it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. therefore the world knoweth yeah. not be. And it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall. Wow. I mean, what are we going to be? You know, we see through a glass darkly, but and then, but then, right after it talks about us being the sons of God and everything, then he comes back and he nails us. He says, "Every man that hath this opening purifies himself." You know, mm-hmm. and so there is this aspect of living a sanctified life, and I don't understand totally. Uh, verse nine. Uh, we know that all sins are of the devil. We also read in James where it says that a man, when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, okay? But here in verse 9, it says, Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. I think that my interpretation would have to be that that seed is Christ, and he will not impute our sins to us. That's the way I would interpret that. Am I right in that? I think you're absolutely right, yeah. I mean, that's the whole idea. It's the imputation. It's the imputation of sin, the imputation of righteousness. These are legal transactions on this. I mean, that, that, that's what happens. It's a legal transaction um, that we have. I mean, our faith is, um, is the, the evidence of things not seen, right? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Ed, look at look at verse sixteen and chapter three there. Look at verse sixteen. This is this is wonderful because you brought this up. He says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. <laughs> There's brethren again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a there's a verse, in Gal- a verse in Galatians that says, "Because you are sons, He has poured out His Holy Spirit unto you." It's, it's mm-hmm. a, again, it's because we've been chosen and elected and predestined to be His son. Therefore, we are the recipients of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, when you when you key on certain things and you and you look through them, you see that yeah. it's, a, it's a, a theme. It's a theme. Yeah, it's it's not well. even a. It's not even debatable, and it's it's, it's like sure. salvation by grace uh, alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ yeah, alone. 
theme. It's the theme of the Bible. And so yes. how, how can somebody come along and say, no, nah, you can, uh, of your own free will, decide whether or not you want to be saved or if you are saved, to be unsaved. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 You know, you brought up a good question as well ago about this uh, being the first begotten and so on. In chapter 5, I think you may have alluded to it. I'd like to talk about it a little bit more maybe because uh, we're coming to the end of the hour here. But where it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. It, wow, again, again, yep. So isn't <laughs> yeah. it amazing how all these passages just jump right out when you're looking for them? Yeah, yeah. And anyway, that it's just, yeah, it's just full. You, you've, re- you've really brought up an inexhaustible subject. It's what you've done, okay, yeah. which is a wonderful, wonderful study. Wonderful yeah, very, study. very good, Ed. very good. Well, I want to thank you, uh, everyone. Uh, Mark, you've been kind of quiet tonight. We've had a lot of guests that have joined us. And we've had a number of people that have joined us that I have been in communication with, uh, you know, all over the place. I've been having some substantive conversations with a gentleman in Pakistan who's studying the Bible. I also have a couple from India. there's that language barrier, but we're, we're starting to get over it a little bit. But anyway, I want to thank you guys tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, continued, uh, continued uh, learning. You know, I, I, don't, I don't believe salvation is progressive, but I think the sanctification might be. It must be. Okay. In other words, I think... Kevin nailed it when he said he entered once at the holy place, okay? Uh, that, our, our, our eternal salvation was, is a one, you know, that's when we were born again by the Spirit of God. We were quickened, and we were brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But I do think that the Christian walk is a life, lifelong walk of, of, of walking in obedience, and only by the Spirit of God can we do that. Does, does anybody have any final comments before we uh, we uh, part company this this time? Yeah, well, it's it's important to for us to remember and for others as well that if we are in fact sanctified, if we've been given sanctification, wisdom, redemption, that sanctification will complete. It will end in our salvation even though we ourselves may fail in obedience to that Holy Spirit leading, we, right. we will be, we will be brought to glory. So that's, right. that's uh, yeah, we can never fall away from that. Right. It isn't, one, it, one. Isn't, it isn't based on our works. We know yes. that. Right. Yeah. right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys go and call it a night and, uh, and hopefully we'll see you next Monday and, uh, we're going to be having a uh, Wednesday night Bible study with Mark as well. Mark's going to be uh, talking to us. Uh, Mark, what what are you going to be talking about on Wednesday night? I'm going. I'm going. I'm working on it. I started working on it Sunday night. 
from the brother's video on YouTube about the tithing deception. Okay, yeah. That needs to be brought up because there's a lot of people that, you know, when they, they require if you're going to be a member of their church, you have to get 10% of your income and all this. It's just not, uh, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not found in the New Testament. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, right. Yep, that's so, good. Good, and good the, subject. And the, examples, and the examples in the Old Testament are taken out of context and misapplied. And there's, you know, there's a few specific examples of tithings. Uh, the one, the first one in Genesis 14 is from Abraham after he comes back from a victorious battle, and he gives a tenth of the spoils of war to Melchizedek. And wow. so, um, this is used, you know, as see, tithing goes all the way back to Abraham, but. See, they yeah. miss a piece and take it out of context. Mm-hmm. What they're actually doing in a nutshell is they're bringing people back into the law. You know, it, it, no, that's right. it's not against people. The law. That's right. That's right. Yeah. There's, yeah. A difference, there's a difference in giving and a difference in mandated law service. We're, not, we're under grace. We're not under the law. Anyway, that will be interesting, uh, Mark. Looking forward to that. Well, I'm going to say goodnight, and we'll uh, we'll come back together whenever God so ordains it. How's that? <laughs> we'll see you yeah. later. Thank right. you. God Amen. bless you. Bye. Good night, brothers. Yeah. God bless you. Good night. Good night, brothers yeah. Ed and Kevin. God bless. Yeah. Good night. Good night.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.